Well, welcome back to Rhythms of Grace. I am here with Nate and Sung as we continue in season seven. And your name is Christine. And I'm case, Christine. In case yeah. anybody didn't <laughs> catch that. Yeah. Um, so last week we kicked off the season of Things We Wish We'd Learned. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the name of the season. That's right? the name yeah. of the season. It's a very broad category. But. Yeah. And we kicked it off with specifically, you know, how to have lasting habits or make lasting change. So be sure to catch up with last week's episode. But this week, what are we diving into, Sung? Well, to continue on the theme of New Year's resolutions and things like that, most people, when it comes to resolutions, rely on feeling motivated you know, they'll say things like, well, I I don't feel like, or I I don't feel motivated to do this or go to the gym. And so I want to ask the question, does getting motivated work? Hmm. And that the answer (laughs) is a maddening sometimes. Hmm. All right. I believe that. Mm -hmm. So for those who want a yes or no answer, that's kind of maddening. And so there are times when you feel motivated to write 2000 pages or to read an entire chapter or to do an hour workout. So it is not a bad strategy. The problem is if getting motivated is your only strategy, you cannot, you will not build habits into your life Mm -hmm. because how many of us haven't had those days where you just feel like, man, I do not feel motivated to cook today. I Mm -hmm. just want to order fast food and watch Netflix. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) Yesterday. (laughs) No, no. Earlier this week, I did take a day off because it's just, which I just needed to. I literally was like, I just can't keep going right Mm now. Um, So I did stay yeah. in my sweatpants and and uh, watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't know if I watch Netflix honestly, but I was yeah. definitely in my sweatpants all day. Yeah. And so that's part of the problem with motivation is that it, it is unreliable. It goes up and down based on how we feel. It, it's based on our energy and if something if action is dependent on how you feel, it is not going to be reliable. Mm-hmm. So then Motivation doesn't work. Well, 60% of the time, it always works. Okay. (laughs) Do you think it's 60%? uh, Well, I feel like there are some people who have managed to, feels like they live in like a constant state of motivation. Like they're sort of like supernaturally motivated and they're Mm -hmm. throwing off that statistic because for me, it's definitely lower than 60%. (laughs) (laughs) Like The Rock, Dwayne, what's his face? You think, right? Yeah. Well, I would say... On TikTok, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, but I, 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 I yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We gotta get but the yeah. rock in here. Ask him. I yeah. know, right? <laughs> get to the bottom of this, yeah, Dude, Dwayne and- Johnson. If you listen to our podcast, we want you to <laughs> call us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come to you. And so, when when motivation is is high, it doesn't require a lot of willpower, mm-hmm. right? You're just like, man, I feel so motiv- motivated to do this. But then, the longer you get into a habit like the more erratic motivation will be. And that's when you need to utilize willpower. And so sometimes people will either approach any kind of habit with like motivation or the other one is willpower. The, the issue and willpower is more reliable. The, the, the issue with willpower is that it is limited. Mm -hmm. I think people, people used to believe we had unlimited willpower, but studies have shown that actually we have a very limited amount of willpower that, um, 
that we carry each day. Right. Sort mm-hmm. of regardless of your strength of character, mm-hmm. willpower is still a limited commodity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can't always just push through. Yeah. Because willpower, um, uh, yeah. You, you, and this is why, I, I, as I was preparing for this, I, I thought of you and I, Nate, because um, when every decision you make uh, actually uses up willpower. So um, on a Sunday morning, you know, Amy's like, well, what should I wear? Mm-hmm. And, and that's a conundrum for many people. <laughs> and um, you and I, Nate, we don't have that problem. Nope. Whether it's Sunday, Wednesday, or Friday. <laughs> nope. Right? Because we just wear the same thing. Yeah. Basically, uh, you know, I, I vary a little bit. I have a few gray shirts and a few blue shirts, mm-hmm. but basically black all the time. I, and I actually have, now that I'm on the farm full time, I bought a bunch of those like blue, like mechanic jumpsuits <laughs> that I just put on. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I just don't want to have to think about it, but also, and this is an interesting thing. I don't want to have to think, oh, I need to go change my clothes before I mm-hmm. climb under this tractor or get in the pen yeah. with them. I, like, I don't want to have to think about that at all. I want to just mm-hmm. be able to during the course of the day, do what I need to do and not even have right. to make mm-hmm. another decision before I do those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ladies, well, and gentlemen, cause most people, uh, don't <laughs> wear the same thing every day. Right. <laughs> uh, but think about how, how much you, how much time, like, let's say the, the, the most consuming time, let's say on, on any given day, um, you kind of sit there and go, what should I wear? And then you pick something out and then you think about like, well, do these shoes match that? I mean, it could be like an hour before you choose something. Mm. So, so Christine, Mm. I was actually just talking about you uh, yesterday (laughs) because my niece came over Mm. and she was like all dressed up and had like makeup on and everything. And uh, my wife Amy was like, oh, where are you going? She's like, home. Sometimes I just want to get dressed up in the mm-hmm. morning. And I know you're the same way. I am the same way. So, I mean, I, I think that there it's possible that for some people, it isn't as much of a burden as mm-hmm. choosing clothes was for me. Like yeah. for me, it really was like yeah. a whole thing that I just didn't really want to have to deal with. But you don't experience it the same way. I do not. And I, I think part of that is it's not... I. I think it's it's different to have to exert the willpower of what am I going to wear for, you know, like if I'm going to be in this room with these mm. people. Certain occasions. Y- y- well, yeah. Or if you're thinking about what other people are going to be thinking, because then 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 it matters what shoes go with what dress. Mm. If I think for me, what helps is I approach that decision. I'm like, how am I feeling today? I'm feeling blue, floofy dress. That's how I'm feeling. Interesting. I'm going to be, you know, like going to the farm today and hanging out with the pigs, but I don't care. You know, like this blue, floofy dress is how I'm feeling. Um, so I think, I think that's like, that is a difference in terms of the type of energy. Cause I mean, you know, she's like, it's not for anyone else. There's no thought or energy that's going into. And I think that's what makes decisions hard. Right is when it's a decision, but that's almost like not a decision for me. Mm-hmm. I look at my closet and I, it's, it's not like I'm choosing like what will look best today. It's an outward expression of just your internal state. Yes, exactly. Or an expression of like your own. Yeah. Or like your, uh, an expression of a manifestation of your desire, which doesn't actually necessarily take as much willpower. Yes. You know, yeah. it's like you're waking up saying, what do I want to 
instead of what should I? Yes. Which for me, I think uh, maybe, I mean, we've talked about this, but I live in what should I do quite a bit. So that would make sense that clothing would also sort of fall into that category, Yeah. you know? Um, but also there's a lot of practical assumptions around what my clothes are going to experience mm-hmm. <laughs> over yeah. the course of a day. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between like, uh, if, if you have to dress up for a special occasion mm-hmm. and there are people there and you think, well, w- how will I come off to other people versus yeah. just what you're going to wear every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Nate, for you, just even the thought of what am I going to wear today became a big yeah. uh, drain in willpower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just didn't want to have to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, and so, you know, for you, Nate, like today you're wearing gray, um, usually you're in red plaid yep. and it's just so, but you have a number of e, all, both of those. So it's a yep. matter of, do I wear plaid or do I, <laughs> I mean, and that's really it. Like if I wake up in the morning and I put on my, like my, you know, jumpsuit, jumpsuit. whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then when it's time to do something else, I put on my red plaid and <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. literally, it's not a decision. It's just yeah. opening my drawer and taking one out. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. There was a study done uh, years and years ago that I think really illustrates the the power of willpower or the the our natural uh, uh, we the, the fact that we don't have unlimited supplies of willpower. So they had this study where they brought in about seventy people into a room, and it was a social experiment. And as they entered the room, there was just this strong smell of freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. And then what they did was they brought out. Uh, Dishes, uh, bowl, uh, plates full of freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. The twist was that they only allowed some of the participants to eat the cookies. And the others, they brought in um, fresh, raw radishes to eat. Hmm. And, um, and as somebody who, yeah, doesn't mind radishes, the thing that um, the experimenters observed was that even the people who were assigned to eat the radishes, they would get so obsessed over the cookies that they would sit there and they would talk about what they taste like, or they imagined it. They would even pick up some of the cookies and smell it, even though they could not eat it. And then after, after that, those two groups were given an assignment to solve a puzzle. Now you can imagine what happens, right? What happened to wasn't wasn't the puzzle impossible to solve? I feel like I or, or like it or it was something about. I feel like I've heard an experiment like this mm-hmm. because. The, well, you finish the story. I don't want to take the, <laughs> take the punchline away. No, no, go go ahead. I mean, was it they were seeing how long someone yes. would work on the puzzle? Yes, yeah. And so the radish group gave up significantly earlier than the Mm. chocolate chip group because they had to spend so much willpower trying to resist the temptation Mm. of of eating the cookies. There was this internal battle that they fought. Like even even in their kind of obsessing over cookies and the resistance to the temptation took so much willpower that they, they, they gave up far quicker than the other group. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that just kind of shows like, yeah, we, we spend um, our willpower. And so if you spend all of it in the morning, by by the evening, you're just like, I'm just going to come home and watch Mm -hmm. Netflix all day. I mean, but it's so fascinating to think that something as simple as not eating a cookie can reduce your ability to Mm -hmm. perform in a completely unrelated (laughs) task. Right. Like somehow I, I, thought we were better than that, but we're we're not. We're so basic. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. So um, I'm curious because we've we've talked about willpower and motivation. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a creative writer, mm. and so in creative writing classes, you know, I remember like you know, learning, um, you know, you should be writing every day. Cause if you wait for mm-hmm. inspiration to strike, it strikes once a week. Right. Yeah. And once a week you'll write five pages and that novel will be finished in 10 years. Um, so you should be writing every day, which is like the willpower. And then when that, that's one day of inspiration comes, you'll be like prepared for it. Um, but then those other six days, you're just writing for the mm-hmm. practice and the habit, not, not to get better. So is there like, like a like a third way where it's like you're not just doing it because you're have to and you're not just doing it because you're motivated or are those the two options well i mean the way that so my my brother is um is an artist and the way that he had it explained to him and he explained it to me is that in his experience creativity is like um is like a conveyor belt and that there there could be a great idea but it's like three or four ideas back on the mm. conveyor belt and so what the what the habit actually does mm. is you're sort of like clearing the way for the good idea to come down yeah and so he does it as at, mm, like an exercise mm-hmm. more as more than just like um a grind mm-hmm. you know sort of like i am going to do this but i know that a lot of this is just going to sort of fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like working out yeah, um, or something like that. Right. And I would say the importance of doing the everyday thing where it doesn't have to be drudgery. And this is going back to last week's episode mm-hmm. of micro habits. Right. If, if you're setting a goal of, I, I need to write a thousand words every day, right? Like it's going to feel like drudgery, mm-hmm. but imagine you're like, Hey, you know, today it's just, it's just stupid, small, a sentence, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, and creativity just didn't come, but it's the habit mm-hmm. of doing that every single day, going back to the conveyor belt. Uh, if you stop the conveyor belt stops, yeah. mm-hmm. yep. but if you keep doing it and even you're, you're going to have six days where it's just nothing. Yeah. Like just some days where you may have written a page or a paragraph or a sentence or two, but then that seventh day comes, Mm -hmm. but that was built on the conveyor belt of all the other days. Mm -hmm. And so I think the biggest thing is this is the power of micro habits again, is that that exercise, that daily exercise doesn't have to be drudgery. Mm -hmm. If, if, If your goal is to write, um, however many words a day and it feels like a mountain mm-hmm. kind of like working out for an hour a day. Like there are going to be days where it's going to feel like, Oh, this is the last thing I feel like doing. Yeah. But if you get into the habit of, you know, all I have to do is write two sentences mm-hmm. and most days you're going to write more than two sentences. Yeah. Do you write every day, Christine? I do. Yes. Um, Yes, but I think I I break it up. So it is, I was, that's what I was trying to figure out. But going back to last week, yeah, it is, it's more like micro habits. It's like Mm. in the morning I will write in, you know, like a cup, my adoration. In the afternoon I will write something creative. Before bed I will write, you know, a prayer, but it doesn't have to be a thousand words. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, once a week. Yeah, inspiration strikes. strikes. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the thing that usually we experience when it comes to resistance, and this is where, um, think of anything, whether it's writing or exercising or spiritual practices is before you begin something, Mm -hmm. right? Just the thought of doing something, 
you, you experience this internal resistance. Mm. Um, so then, um, uh, when you, when you set the bar so low, it's easier to overcome that resistance. Mm -hmm. And then once you are in motion, what's the law? You tend to stay stay in motion, motion. Mm -hmm. but then a body at rest, what happens? You tend to stay at rest. And so by lowering the, uh, obstacle, Mm -hmm. the resistance, uh, it, 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 it creates the momentum where then, and this is true in many different areas of life. Once you start moving, motivation comes will it will power becomes less of an issue and again that that's where the power is when um you you address some of those resistant things and then uh the other resistance you feel is if let's say your goal is to write you know a a thousand words a day um the other resistance is like man i only have 700 Mm -hmm. right And, and so the, th- that's where we talked about this last episode. The, the finish line doesn't help. It mm-hmm. actually can stunt creativity yeah. because you're so distracted by like, I didn't accomplish a goal. Mm-hmm. But if your goal was to write two sentences, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> I only wrote 150 words today, celebration, yeah. mm-hmm. instead of, oh, I got 850 more words to go. Mm-hmm. So th- there's an example of both motivation and willpower. So motivation does work, but if you are waiting for motivation or inspiration to strike before mm-hmm. you do something, yeah, you'll write once a week yeah. or less. But if you do it as a habit, especially a micro habit where there isn't this expectation of a goal or a finish line, but it's more about just the routine and the habit of doing it. Mm-hmm. And you set some stupid small goal. Uh, you get into the, you, you pl- place yourself in the place where creativity can strike. Yeah. I also, oh, go ahead. You oh, go ahead. I was just, uh, you know, the, this last year was the first year I ever did the turkey trot, which nice. is a 5K on Thanksgiving. And I had signed up and, and the, this is like making me think of that because I had signed up and then I, I went to bed at like, I don't know, midnight. We had to get up at 5 a.m. to get out here for the turkey trot on Thanksgiving. And I woke up and I told my roommate, I was like, I'm not going. Oh, my I'm God. So tired. <laughs> I was like, so I like never wake up tired. But I woke up and I was exhausted and I did not want to go. Um, and she was like, just go with me. You can walk it. You mm. don't have to run. Just mm. come with me because oh, she was already going. So I went. And I was like, OK, but I'm not jogging a single step. I am walking the whole thing. Then I was there. And everyone was running. And so I started jogging. And then, you know, like you said, it was like once I started jogging, I jogged the entire thing. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, did like 12 minute miles, which is not fast, but or maybe 13 minute miles. Um, But it was like, you know, when when the goal was I'm just going to walk 5K. Mm -hmm. That felt like a win, you know, um, to to be jogging so i think the other thing that i often try to do is that um i i i whenever i can i separate sort of the decision and the execution in my own sort of calendar um because for me so much of any any 
process. The mental part is what's actually hard. I don't mind mm-hmm. actually doing things. Mm-hmm. I actually prefer to do things. But getting to the point where I'm going to do something is sort of the, I'm, that's like, I'm smelling chocolate chip cookies all the time is what it feels like, you know, because like I'm thinking like, what's the best way to do this and who's going to, you know, who's going to um, use this and all these things. But if I can sort of make a decision mm-hmm. and then give some space before I execute, that almost always makes it easier for me because mm-hmm. the hard part is sort of done right already um and so and what i'll sometimes do is that when the motivation strikes i will i will sort of make the decision and set myself up to execute later Mm -hmm. i'll sort of like ride that wave and i'm not actually like burning all my energy so it's a stupid thing oh this is the other thing i was telling you about all the crap that broke earlier (laughs) uh um our wood stove broke Mm -hmm. oh it did Uh, yeah yeah uh and and i needed to fix it and so what I did was just like when Amy told me it broke, I bought all the parts and ordered them and have them coming because that, that sort of is like when they show up, it's like, well, I, you know, I already mm-hmm. thought through what I needed and I planned the project and I know what tools I need. And then when the parts show up, you just sort of execute really yeah. quickly. And the hard part is often like figuring out oh, how do I fix this mm-hmm. and what do I need and where do I order it and how soon is it going to get here? Um, so I try to, ride motivation and separate the execution mm. when I can. I, I'm curious as like, cause in Myers-Briggs, you know, there's like thinking types and feeling types. I'm a feeling type. So mm. for me making the decision in advance, if I'm not feeling it, like I could, like my natural instinct is like, if I, even if I've decided I've committed, I told her I was going on this 5k, I bought my ticket. If I'm not feeling it, it feels like, Oh, I could say no today. Interesting. Um, and so I'm just, I'm curious if that's, yeah. if that's the difference between feeling types and thinking types be. or it like just be. in terms of decision making. Yeah. Cause I will almost always, um, I will almost always, regardless of how I feel, mm-hmm. if I've put it on my calendar or if I've sort of already planned it, I will just do it. Yeah. Mindlessly I, at the expense <laughs> of my own soul. Yeah. I, I have a, a good morning playlist cause I, I'm also very into like. Uh, daily rhythms and one of the songs is lightning storm by david dunn which is all about like can you sing it uh i cannot (laughs) but i can tell you the lyrics (laughs) okay um like so follow your feelings um wait what is it it's like basically just making fun of people who always do what they're feeling Mm. so it's like are your feelings right when you're standing outside in a lightning storm and the reason that's part of my good morning playlist is i have to remind myself like don't do what you're feeling, do what you've planned. Mm. Don't do what you're feeling, like do what you've committed to or what you know to do. But it has to be like a daily reminder. That was one of my primary uh, parenting strategies for my son, who is also Mm -hmm. an extreme feeler where I, and I think we've talked about this where essentially what I kept telling him is feelings are the, the starting line. Mm -hmm. And from there you build off all of these other things like, you know, uh, disciplines or commitments Mm -hmm. or, you know, character development, all these things. And so it's fine for your feelings to, to be a starting point as long as they're the starting point. Cause for him, it was like, they were always the finish line, like regardless of what else, what was going on, as soon as he felt something, that's where everything Mm -hmm. stopped. And so trying to just shift that in his mind. Yeah, that's uh, the, the starting point is uh, if you feel like your feelings tend to run your life and every emotion that you've ever felt is a reason for action. Um, 
is what you you're feeling always real all the time. Mm. Um, and so that was just, it's like a helpful thing when you're a feeler to like, yeah. no, no, what I'm feeling is not always real all the time. Sometimes mm. it is. And sometimes that's an advantage that feelers bring. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, but not always. Nope. <laughs> we, that was, a, we had like a, we had like, um, feelings are the starting line was one of our catchphrases. The other was how I feel and how I act can be different. Mm. Like, and this is again, mm-hmm. when he was like four or five, yeah. you know, yeah. but that we just over and over and over how I feel and how I act can be different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important distinction because let's go back to your turkey trot example, Christine. I think you can, the, um, you know, you can. Ha- there are certain barriers that we uh, experience. Sometimes it's a mental barrier, mm-hmm. like you were talking about, Nate. Yep. And in your case, for the turkey trot, it was a physical barrier. Mm-hmm. Other times, it's an emotional barrier, mm-hmm. um, like feelings, yeah. right? And so sometimes you could be like, "Well, I have the energy to exercise, but I don't want to do it." Mm-hmm. That, that could be a mental uh, barrier mm-hmm. um, or, or another scenario would be you, you don't physically feel like exercise because you're tired and that's a, that's a physical barrier. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to, to note the different kinds of barriers yeah. mm-hmm. that you face yep. as it relates to habits and building capacity. Um, and I think just naming that um, and, and really examining that in your own life, because there's a number and we're all wired differently, mm-hmm. understanding what is it that often takes you off track. Mm-hmm. Sure. So here's a perfect example of that. My kids know that when I'm really tired, um, that my answer is going to be mm-hmm. no. <laughs> like, it just like I will tell them they will be like, hey, dad, can I be like, just I'm really tired. If you ask me, I'm going to tell you no. Mm-hmm. You don't even need to tell me what you're going to ask me. I'm saying because for me, the process of like working through. Right. What does it mean if I say yes? What then? How do mm-hmm. our plans change? Or what does it mean? Blah, blah, blah. What's going to be required of me? Um, I just always say no. You have no willpower to think through it. Versus Amy, when she is tired, she always <laughs> says yes. I'm, it's crazy. Like yeah. she, her, like her default when she's really tired is like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. So again, same scenario, but mm. we experience that barrier in completely different ways. Yeah. yeah. That, that like distinction between like the physical, mental, and emotional barrier, especially with exercise makes me think of like, Again, just in terms of how you're feeling, like a lot of times it's like, okay, physically I could exercise, mentally I could exercise, but emotionally I'm like too sad to exercise, Mm -hmm. right? Like, or I'm too anxious to exercise. And that's when you're like, oh, that's a lie. Mm. I should be exercising because I'm sad. Mm -hmm. I should be exercising because I'm anxious. Yeah. but yeah, right. just identifying those different categories. Yeah. And then even in that example too, again, I'm going to keep going back to micro habits when, if you're stressed and anxious and you just, and your default during stress would be like, oh, I'm just going to watch Netflix. Mm-hmm. Instead, if you're like, well, okay, this is my time to do my one push up, and you, you start to build neural pathways to go in stress, this is what I mm-hmm. do. Uh, it be begins to uh, bring those, that becomes the cue for this kind of behavior. Um, and, and again, like if you think you have to, you know, work out for an hour, you're not going to do mm-hmm. it. But again, this is where the pride comes in. It's like, well, I'm really stressed. I know exercising will do me good. Um, of course, I could do one push up. Mm-hmm. 
you do more. And then now the association in your brain is, oh, when you feel stressed and you do this, you feel better. Mm-hmm. And, and you build that neural pathway. And you, uh, psychologically, too, you just start to connect those two things. Whereas without that intentionality, you start to connect, I feel stressed, I want food. Mm-hmm. I feel anxious, I want entertainment. Mm-hmm. Right? And so you start to break that pattern as well, too. Yeah. I think the other thing that um, that is illustrated is that in some ways you can sort of, if you know where your breakdown is, you can rely on other factors to sort of help you overcome it. I mean, like you were saying, you didn't feel like running, but once you start running, sort of like physically doing it sort of gives you the motivation to overcome how you're feeling. Yeah. And I've even spent a long time like processing my life with my therapist where she's trying tried to teach me to use my feelings because that was like a, a totally underused resource you know like i my brain sort of mentally i would get stuck in this just like this grind or this anxiety routine and she would be like what are you feeling? Like, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Like I can tell you, I can tell you what I'm thinking all day long, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't tell her what I was feeling. And as she taught Mm -hmm. me to tap into my feelings, I realized there was like a motivation source um, that I could use Mm -hmm. when sort of the the mental barriers were overwhelming. And I have found exercise to be the same way. Being Mm -hmm. physically active gets me out of my head. You know, mm-hmm. um, so it's it's interesting to think about. You have to sort of know your weakness in order to find strengths mm-hmm. to combat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, don't rely on motivation nor unlimited willpower because those those two resources sixty percent of the time it works every time. <laughs> so I, I mean, I want to. I like. That's when we stop there, it sounds a little bit like you're screwed, like 40% of the time. (laughs) But but there's something about those two things working in conjunction Mm -hmm. that really can allow us to do more than one of those things in isolation. Right? Mm -hmm. Am I right about that? Yeah, and most people will use one or the other as... And and I think, yes, you're right. And I think used in conjunction, um, and this is where uh, the... Again, the the startup cost of a stupid small thing doesn't require the same kind of willpower Mm. as, let's say, a a greater task. And and then once you get going, the motivation usually kicks in too. I see. Again, so it it is a combination of all those things. So I I would even say the last two episodes, it's like how how micro habits can really leverage both motivation and and willpower, willpower. together yeah. in a way that will help you tra- your trajectory in, in building a life of good habits right. versus, um, well, I'm just going to push it through, grind it through. It's just willpower. Well, that's limited. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to feel inspired. Then I'm going to write the next great novel. Well, mm-hmm. that's not going to come that often. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And that and that actually really does illustrate the power of a micro habit because it does it ties into both. Yeah, you know, yeah. Y- you need both, but not so much that you would sort of drain the tank on either one of those mm-hmm. sides of the of the willpower versus yeah. discipline. It's good. So what's your new year's resolution this year, Nate? I don't, I don't do new year's resolutions. I used to, I mean, honestly, but again, it was not, it was not a, uh, it was not sort of a healthy exercise. Right. Really. Amy and I will often get away in January and sort of talk about larger sort of goals for the year. And then it really is just about sort of breaking those down into meaningful, um, but, uh, but accomplishable steps. Yeah. That's usually how we do go year to year. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, that makes sense. How about you, Sung? I don't. I don't do goals either. Again, like micro habits. Uh, well, and, and you may have heard that. Like you know, my phone sometimes beeps at the half hour and hour. And again, that, that that's that is a micro habit. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it seems really small, but people be like, "Oh, what is that?" And for most times, it's just like, "Oh, it's just you know, it's uh, top of the hour, bottom of the hour." But uh, it's a micro habit that I developed for a while, where it's like, "Oh, that's a reminder to pause." And to just pray, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with whoever I'm with, whatever I'm doing. And I will say <laughs> most hours I hear it and I just, I forget about it. Mm-hmm. But again, and that's where you, you, it's a, it's, it is a habit that you develop. Uh, but uh, you know, even as it relates to prayer, I'll just throw this one thing in too. And this is something I do uh, again as a micro habit, um, you know, even as a pastor, or even as a follower of Christ, like I, part of what our calling is to not is not only prayer, but praying for other f- people too. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, because I'm super selfish, I, I, I suck at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a, a cue and a behavior that I tie is, uh, and really is a micro habit because it doesn't take much effort. Um, and, and then when you do it, it becomes routine is, uh, I have a, uh, a list of people, uh, that I, I pray for, and I do it when I drive from work to the office. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've talked about it in previous seasons, but there's broad groups of people, you know, uh, my family, uh, leaders in the church and in the world, current events, uh, people who are struggling and myself, I, it's, and oftentimes it's just, you know, I got eight, nine minutes to do that. And that happens almost every day. Mm-hmm. So again, micro habits, little cues that will remind you of like, whether it's put on your blue jumpsuit before you go down, yeah. what, what, what takes a lot of effort in the beginning just becomes so automatic that mm-hmm. uh, Nate might just show up at your next wedding with his blue jumpsuit. I will say anyone who has worn these consistently is sold. They are so practical. (laughs) They are so practical. Most people, though, don't need to, like, walk through mud to to play with the pigs. I mean, you never know. Taking care of animals, for most people, means, like, a cat or a dog and not, like, pigs and chicken. Or a bunny. Or Or two bunnies. Yeah. Uh, So the other thing that you said, Sung, that I I just wanted to revisit that I think is so powerful is that you have tied most of your micro habits to something else that is already Mm. sort of a non-decisioned part of your day. Like the fact that your morning routine is like, I wake up. It's like, well, you're going to wake up every morning. And (laughs) so you, after you wake up, you choose to sort of be quiet and reflective or like you pray while you're driving because you're going to be driving to the office every day. Mm -hmm. And so you've sort of like built these successful micro habits around other rhythms of your day. And I think that that is, um, that's different than just sort of like deciding throw something random in as a micro habit. It's much easier if you can tie it to something that is already in place. That was, uh, I, I recently with my discipleship circle was working on like trying to incorporate prayer throughout my day instead of just like bookending my day. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had a a very similar conversation with them where I was like, you know, the, the two times that I, that I talked about were either, over meals, because, you know, you, you always, you're going to eat yep. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And a lot of us, you know, will even pray over every meal. Thank you, God, for this food, and then you eat. Um, but what if it was like, okay, instead of just, I mean, I can also thank God for my food. But, it, you know, said like a word of meaningful prayer there. Yeah. Um, Not well, that thanking God for food yeah, is meaningful. Yeah, yeah, 
but you know, uh, yeah. So, like sort of an others focused prayer yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and then the other that, that came to mind is, you know, entering a new space because I'm going to be going to different, you know, I don't work remotely. So for people who work remotely, maybe that wouldn't work, but Although it could be a room. Could it be? Yeah. 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 Where it's like, if I'm entering the church building, mm-hmm. when I'm leaving the church building, when I'm going into John's office for our meeting on Mondays or the sanctuary for my meeting with Andrew, mm-hmm. as I am, you know, like crossing from one space to the next, that's a, like a reminder to pray. Yeah. Um, because I was, yeah, I was having that exact problem of if it's not attached to anything, mm-hmm. it's it's harder to remember. It's harder to incorporate consistently. Um, but if you have that little link, it's easier. Yeah. And again, it, like it's sung, it's like you talked about in the previous episode or maybe this one as well. It, lo- it lowers the bar. Mm-hmm. It's sort of you don't have to. There's an, like with your phone, there's an outside reminder. You don't have to remember mm-hmm. something is reminding you um, or like the doorway reminds you and you don't have to sort of um, like work on that part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or, and we've talked about this in other seasons too, but can you explain even like breath prayer, right? Like breathing yeah. is so automatic, mm-hmm. but then it just, it, all it takes is just a little intentionality yeah. and awareness yep. um, and, and maybe explain that. And are there examples in your life, Nate, that you kind of incorporate certain it's embedded um, into your life and, whether it's a cue or something that where you, it becomes a habit. Yeah. I mean, I used breathing prayer, especially in, in seasons of high sort of anxiety and and lows of depression where I just didn't have a prayer to pray, but I, it was sort of like, well, I'm breathing. There's a, there's the Jesus prayer that simply on, on the intake of breath, you say, you know, Jesus Christ, son of God. And then on the breath out, you sort of whisper have, or in your mind, have mercy on me, a sinner. And it's sort of like the concept is you're sort of, bringing Jesus in and releasing yourself out. And, mm-hmm. and it was just like when I didn't have anything else in the tank, mm-hmm. um, my brain was consumed with anxiety. My, you know, my, my feelings and my body were consumed with depression or sadness. There was nothing in the tank anywhere, but it's like, well, you're breathing. Like all you really have to do is add this phrase. Mm-hmm. And I found it to be a, a, a a source of tremendous, tremendous comfort. Um, and I'm, I'm much less anxious than I used to be. Uh, but I still, sometimes if I find, if I'm wakeful at night, you know, you can just, I can just sort of fall back into that really, really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the only other thing that, that we do that, um, I have found meaningful. We actually, Amy and I have a, have a book called every moment holy. Mm. And we found that anytime we're doing anything, we try to, take a moment of sort of purposeful liturgy and prayer at the beginning of it. And they have prayers for all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But um, again, it means that we don't have to sort of think up the prayer. Someone has sort of thought it out and they have taken the time to process what's important about a certain event or gathering. And so we've used it. They have one like for the death of a pet and it's, and for feasting with friends. And there's just all of these things that you can just sort of like turn to first day of school, you know, and you can sort of make a moment reflective and holy. But again, the bars is very, very low. You just really have to read. And so we use that um, as often as we can. Right. Really. Yeah. Besides the, some of the stuff that you guys have mentioned, that's one that we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything to add, Christine? I don't think so. Okay. Well, gosh, we've talked a lot about habits and um, uh, 
My brain just went there. Motivation. <laughs> motivation. <laughs> that's yeah. it. I'm like, what's yeah. the word I'm thinking willpower, of? Motivation yeah. and motivation and willpower. And hopefully that this is helpful for you as mm-hmm. you try to build in 2023 a life that uh, God wants for you and that you desire. That it doesn't just have to be a quick spurt sprint in the first three weeks of January. That it could be sustainable throughout the year and year after year. Yeah. So we can't wait to talk about other things we wish we'd learned. Yeah, and you could, if you if you want to hear about a topic, uh, text 734-709-5742. We're going to be talking about a ton of different topics, and we're looking forward to what you want to hear. 